Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Lucas. And we are two aspiring filmmakers making unnecessary commentary on famous movies. Each week, we will randomly select a film to analyze, discuss, and review. We will select the film at the end of each podcast, so you will have ample time to watch the movie before the next episode. We are slightly qualified film students. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Welcome back, slightly qualified to film another students. episode. Uh, yeah. This, this is our twenty eighth film, Drive from twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my all time favorite films. Uh, my third yeah, favorite film one. of all time. And uh, it's yeah, in my top twenty five. Top. Ryan Gosling, early in his career, he was still sexy. I mean, he still is today, I guess. <laughs> um, Carrie Mulligan. Honestly, the cast is pretty amazing. Yep, Brian uh, Cranston, Albert Brooks, Oscar, Oscar Isaac, uh, Christina Hendricks, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Got a solid cast here. And, yeah, I mean, I have a soft spot for this movie. It is one that I just love so much uh, for every single yeah. aspect of it. Uh, but let's, it's let's, cool. let's get a plot summary here. Sure, well, we'll start it off plot summary in case you haven't seen it. Uh, I don't think it's on Netflix. I don't think so, at least. Um, A stuntman and getaway driver falls in love with Irene, who is married to a criminal. In a bid to protect her from her husband and some gangsters, he decides to cross over to the other side of the law. That's that's a bit misleading, I feel like. Not quite what the film is about. Um, he's yeah. already on the other side of the law. He's already a getaway so, driver. Um, yeah, and Irene's yeah. husband, Oscar Isaac, it, he's not like that bad of a guy. He's pretty. He's a pretty nice guy. You know, he just he owes some money to some gangsters, and uh, Ryan Gosling yeah, is it, like, it, it, I will help you get your money so your wife and child don't get shot. So uh, that's yeah, kind of what happens. I I think that really. You got this this lonely guy, Ryan Gosling. He's a getaway driver, but you know, he he's very he doesn't have any friends really. He uh he's a very lonely person. He meets this he like he really likes Carrie Mulligan's character, even if it's not necessarily in a romantic way. Uh they're kinda awkward around each other for most of the film. But he definitely has a very special bond with her kid. So really he just is trying to protect them from this very complicated string of gangsters. Yes. You know, starting with, like, some small-time guy like Oscar Isaac working up to basically the godfather, you know, on the East Coast, who never actually makes an appearance, but uh, mm-hmm. their presence is felt, uh, to Albert Brooks, who is just phenomenal, by the way, in this film. He's really good in Taxi Driver. He's good here, too. He's also great uh, as a... Uh... Uh, Nemo's dad in Finding Nemo, you know. Yeah, great, he's a great. legendary actor. I love work. Albert Brooks. Uh, yeah, he's he's just he he's conflicting in this film. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's weird. He's got like almost like a a funnier side, but also a very dark side. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think in this film also you can't really trust anybody uh, from Ryan Gosling's perspective, which is interesting too. Um, yeah. And this you is know, a film really form. Yeah, this is a film that a lot of people don't like. Uh, mm-hmm. It is an really? art house film. Yeah, dude, a lot of people don't like this film. It's an art house film. Ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's that's critic reviews. Audience scores are pretty low. It's true. It's an art house film. It's it it's you know. It's not what people wanted this film to be, at least audiences. I think a lot of people go into this film thinking it's going to be Fast and Furious or, you know, something more along the lines of what we saw yeah. later, Baby Driver. Um, and it's not that. You only get two chase sequences in the entire film. And, well, yeah. Uh, and even though there is some brutal violence in this film, I mean, it's it's more about growing these characters and building up to the climax and it's it's a film it's not fast and furious it's not some crazy action film it ain't no movie this is a film this is a film and it's beautiful it's emotional uh um yeah yeah. what i would describe it as almost is like i watched it for the first time and one of the first things i noticed is 
that it almost has like I think that a lot of action movie nowadays are very over masculinized if that's a word you know like mm. they they take themselves very uh manly and testosterone field you got like hard rock or like very intense scores and mm-hmm. but like drive it opens with like this pink handwriting with this like chill wave score Mm -hmm. Uh, and it swaps out its action sequences for like cute romance scenes Uh, and I just think that makes it so freaking you know unique in this genre that is just overdone Uh, and really it it just makes it way more emotionally attachable it makes you way more invested in Ryan Gosling's character because they really do focus mostly on the character development rather than that downright action scenes and there still is some amazing tense action sequences Mm -hmm. uh but that's that's what i found personally from this film that was the most enjoyable part is just how it's still an action movie but at the same time it's it takes its time to actually build these characters make you care about them uh and it just has some beautiful cinematography too a great score Solid, like it's it's a very solid all around film, uh, and it, uh, in general, just one of my favorite action movies, especially in the twenty tens. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I love this movie. Um, let's move on to standout scenes. Uh, what what's okay. your standout scene? Uh, well, I think I have to go with one of the action sequences here. I'm going to say it is the pawn shop robbery scene is my favorite scene. Uh, This scene honestly shocked me when I first saw this film. I knew nothing really about it other than the fact that Lucas loved it going into it. Um, And when Oscar Isaac dies, it was totally out of left field. Like, it it hits. Uh, And then, I guess it's kind of two scenes then, because I'm kind of including the the chase with the hotel scene because right. I think that scene is also yeah incredible. Uh, I think that car chase is epic, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think Ryan Gosling, his first thoughts after that isn't about his own safety. It's it's literally about uh, Irene and her child. So yeah. it's a very cool scene, very emotional, very intense. Um, and definitely a turning point in the film that totally comes out of left field on your first viewing. So I think it's one of the better scenes to me. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of amazing scenes in this film. Uh, I mean, for me, it's between two. I really love like the montage drive slash lake scene uh, with uh, the driver, Irene, and her son, and they're just like driving down that that like film road set with the that beautiful song playing in the background the theme song of this movie and you just you just get to see the relationship grow this entire character who he is what he's trying to do why he wants to protect them and then it all just comes crashing down after that scene but i don't know that scene is just emotionally impactful for me and then the one that uh, I also really love is the Nino killing scene or pretty much from the point where he uh, stalks him at his pizza place and then kills him in the lake. Mm-hmm. That entire sequence is very neo-noir kind of vibe. It's not a lake, bro. That's the Pacific Ocean right there. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, it's such... It's like one of the best shot sequences in this film with the lighting and yeah. hiding the car in the yeah. darkness and the silhouettes but it's just it's beautiful and i love that shot of yeah. him staring through the pizza parlor with that mask on and the camera just like pulls into him in mm-hmm. that window it's amazing uh yeah those are my standout scenes this is this is a pretty compact film it's only about an hour and a half hour 35 yeah so I mean, there's really just a lot of great scenes all packed into it, and it's very rewatchable. I found. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I mean, even if I mean this time I was less focused on trying to figure out the plot because I already knew everything that was happening, and I could just sit back and enjoy 
the stunning visuals, man. This film is beautiful. I uh, just watched this film on Thursday, and I already am, like, wanting to rewatch it. I was, like, debating rewatching it today before we recorded. I was like, get some extra yeah. insight. I just, yeah. Um, okay, we <laughs> got some audience questions. Go through with it, though. <laughs> audience questions we have. Um, why do you think Bernie Rose tries to kill the driver... Um, after he sees that the money is there for him. Uh, I mean, the reasoning behind that is basically the fact that Bernie and Nino have realized that they have to kill anyone who could possibly lead them back to this money. And that's kind of the whole point. That's why they kill Cook in the kitchen. That's why they kill Shannon and therefore they have to kill the driver as well because he is the only other person that will lead back to the crime. Yeah, so the million dollars isn't actually Nino's. It's uh, the family, as they put it, the East Coast mobsters. So not only does he need the money, but he can't be linked, like Albert Brooks can't be linked to it at all. So even though he's promising his safety, I mean, honestly... I don't think I ever thought once that it was gonna that this film was gonna end without just one person being alive, you know? Like from the moment it turned into everybody's killing everybody, I was like, there's no way this film's not gonna end with just Ryan Gosling left, you know? It's it's mm-hmm. And he's a, even dying at way. the end, like a, a, he he probably yeah. will die. Pretty much everyone's dead, yeah. but except Irene and her son, which was like the whole point. He's trying to save them. So. That's what matters. Benicio yeah. and Irene. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. We got, give examples to where you think that the director does interesting things with framing and blocking that have a psychological effect on the audience. Framing and blocking. Uh, off the top of my head... I guess one scene that is kind of cool is the uh, the scene where Oscar Isaac is he's got beat up by Nino supposedly, uh, or I guess not Nino, uh, the guys who he owes money to. Yeah, and they're shooting like down the parking garage, so you don't even see him at first. You just see Benicio kind of half hiding behind the wall uh and i i don't know there's just something about that scene that makes you feel even more for benicio because you're realizing like this kid has had to witness his dad not only get beat up but go to jail uh and also it's revealed in the dinner scene that you know oscar isaac and carrie mulligan were only together a year before Mm -hmm. uh Benicio was born so you you can probably tell that this kid's been through some stuff uh and him kind of hiding behind the wall is just it's a good I guess representation of him and his dad's relationship because his dad's you know begging him not to tell yeah Carrie Mulligan uh yeah yeah um I think I agree with that there's a lot of definitely psychological elements to this film I like the hotel scene how they blocked that out with Ryan Gosling, like, behind the bathroom door as the guy, like, walks in with the shotgun. There's a lot of very cool blocking in that scene. Um, yeah. I think this yeah, film is actually totally... framed beautifully uh, mm-hmm. y- using the rule of thirds, but also just leaving dead space for a lot of scenes, showing the night sky, showing the surroundings, and also just, like, how they frame the cars in the car sequences and how they kind of shoot a lot of stuff from the interior of the driver car it's kind of like children and men like that big car chase sequence it's all from the inside or the place beyond the pines with the chase sequence also inside the cop car i like that because it's kind of it's it's like that indie chase scene that you you get you don't get a lot of in big mainstream budget films and you see that especially in the opening chase sequence where it's mostly seen from within uh within the car uh yeah yeah so and finally we have what is your favorite role ryan gosling has starred in and why 
Jeez. Uh, well, it's uh, a good question. I think that my favorite performance from Ryan Gosling uh, might be in Blue Valentine, maybe, which I just saw recently. I think that that's probably his best performance, I guess. But I think that Drive holds it down for my favorite film that he's in. Uh, I love Drive. Drive is in my top 25, and it happens to be Ryan Gosling. I don't think his performance in Drive is as good as Blue Valentine, but I definitely like Drive more than Blue Valentine. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I really like Lars and the Real Girl. I think his performance in that is yeah, that's spectacular. A uh, he's yeah. in this film called Half Nelson, uh, which got an mm-hmm. Oscar nom, uh, where he plays like a drug addict uh, high school teacher, and he gives a really great performance. Uh, but yeah, I think Drive, La La Land are my favorite of his actual films. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I love Blue Valentine also. And The Place Beyond the Pines. I mean, I don't know. He, he chooses some really good movies to be in. I mean, not in his early career, but definitely in the last decade. He has been in a lot of really great films. You know, Blade Runner 2049 also. Um, he's he's yeah. got good, good selection. So he, um, he picks well. Yeah. He definitely picks well. Even the nice guys, which I yeah. saw also recently, is very funny, funny film. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's take a quick break, and then we will hop into the actual review. Okay, right. we're back. Back Coming into the review. It. Story yeah. and originality out of oh. ten. Uh, let's start this off with a little story here. Uh, a big portion of this film is based off of the story of the scorpion and the frog, um, which is talked about many times in the film, also symbolized with the scorpion on his jacket. Uh, so this is what the story is about. A scorpion wants to cross a river, but cannot swim. So it asks the frog to carry it across. The frog hesitates, afraid that the scorpion might sting, but the scorpion argues that if it did that, they would both drown. The frog considers this argument sensible and agrees to transport the scorpion. The frog lets the scorpion climb on its back and begins to swim. Midway across the river, the scorpion stings the frog anyways. Dooming them both, the dying frog asks the scorpion why it stung, despite knowing the consequences. To which the scorpion replies, I couldn't help it, it's in my nature. Now, knowing that this is basically what this film, the the metaphor of this whole film, it makes so much sense to me. I mean, this is literally what happens. Irene is the the frog? No, um, he's the scorpion. And the frog, uh, the frog could be literally anyone, but it's also the fact that with him and Bernie... You know, they both die. They both stab each other. They're the metaphor for the scorpion. It's just this, like, beautiful concept of, you know, he wears the scorpion on his back because it's literally like the scorpion is on the frog's back being transported. Um, yeah, and he says so to it's Bernie, like he, 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 will all, he, he can't break out of the his nature, I guess. Is that what the yeah. connection is? It, it, yeah, because I thought it's based saying, off a it's based off a book, isn't it? Uh, yeah, film? it is. It's loosely based off a book, but yeah, this this is where that story comes in. He says in the film to Bernie right after he kills Nino, he asks him, "Have you ever heard of the story of the scorpion and the frog?" And then they go to the diner and they both kill each other. Um, but yeah, that's the context of that. Now, story and originality. I think this film is, I think, is a fantastic story for a crime thriller art house action film. It's short, it's condensed, it's simple, but it also has many layers to it, um, yeah. which is important. 
It helps for entertainment value, rewatchability, but it also isn't just about a getaway driver. It's about so much more than that. Um, yes, it's based loosely off a book, but I still think this film is pretty original. It's a really, really cool take on action film formats with chase sequences and all that stuff. Obviously, you know, Baby Driver has came out recently, which is basically based off of Drive. It's a very similar concept. But, you know, Drive is the original, and I love this movie. It's awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't say Baby Driver is based off of Drive. Um, Dude, it follows the exact same, like, the exact same story structure. Yeah, I mean... Starts with a getaway scene... He meets a girl. To, he to wants be out, fair, he gets there back have in. been action. There have been action films that involve getaway drivers, such as maybe I don't know the Fast and the Furious that have existed. Yeah, for... but then think about it in Baby Driver. He gets dragged back into it, and then the second uh, thing that he has to do goes wrong, and there is another car there chasing them out of it. It's it's literally the same thing. Like up until the third act of Baby Driver, it's the same. Yeah, and I do like Drive way more than Baby Driver in almost every aspect except the soundtrack, because Baby Driver is a freaking awesome soundtrack. Bro, I would art. Oh, dude, I love the Drive soundtrack though. I love it too, but come on, Baby Driver is dope. Because Baby Driver has the the budget to light. Baby Baby Driver has the budget to license, you know, famous songs. Okay, back back to Drive has famous songs too, bro. Yeah, we'll get that in score. Um. Yeah, man. I love this story. Okay. I think that the best part about the drive story is that it it turns this... You know, when I'm first watching this, before you get into this intricate crime thriller that is the second half, the first 40 minutes of this film almost play out like a romance film. You know, it's it's focused Mm -hmm. not on the action at all at first building the relationship yeah. between Carrie Mulligan and Ryan Gosling, which even though they barely say anything to each other, uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a good relationship build in the first bit. And then it actually has some pretty cool layers to the crime thriller aspect uh, with, you know, showing how deep Oscar Isaac is in, how deep everybody's in, really, uh, and how everyone kind of just has to fend for themselves I think it's a cool story. I think it's a great crime movie. Definitely has one of the better stories of any crime movie I've seen. Uh, and it, it might not be the most deep, necessarily, uh, but I still think it's a killer story. Absolutely great. Yeah. I give it 9 out of 10. Yeah, same here. 9% out of 10. Okay, let's move into beginning here. Uh, th- this is how you start a film. I mean... Yeah, great car this, chase this right it. off the bat. We haven't, had, we haven't had an awesome beginning in a while. This is an awesome beginning. Yeah. You, uh, not only is it awesome, but it's it's just... It's so meticulous and well-directed and well-executed. And I love how the entire chase is very uh, low craziness and more about building tension and suspense like him hiding behind vehicles being very discreet hiding in the shadows it's not like fast and furious baby driver opening car chase sequence where it's very flashy lots of like cool flips on the road and like spinning around doing all these drifts it's about him being a smart getaway driver it's about him maneuvering the streets at night and knowing how and what he's going to do and then expertly getting to that arena in time for the game to finish and blend in with the rest of the crowd. It's, it's so genius. Yeah. I think the, really the only problem I have with it is the cheesy ass dialogue that starts it off, which is still awesome, but it's kind of cheesy. That's the only thing. I mean, this is, I, I love How the, is it cheesy. The way... Those are his rules. Those are his I, rules. I know. It's just, I think it's just cheesy to open the film with it. It's, it's very, it's it's kind of it's just fun. It's just funny to me. Like when I watched, it, I was like, "Yeah, haha, that's cool guy." Uh, but I I think that specifically for me, what I love about this beginning is the uh, the sound mixing. Like when he's driving, they got the police chatter, but also the whole time they have the radio play by play 
of the Clippers versus yeah. you know, whoever at Staples Center. Uh, yeah. And I, I love that they're pacing the car chase to the basketball game. Mm-hmm. Super creative. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not the most epic car chase of all time, but it, it's it's definitely a great way to open this film. Uh, very intense right off the bat. Keeps you entertained. Uh, yeah, really nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah, it's but it's like... It may not be the craziest car chase, but I think it's super intense. Like, I find it very suspenseful. Like, mm. as he, like, is sits in the shadows and you can barely, you can just see his eyes and you watch the cop cars kind of drive past the road, scouting him out. Uh, I love the cinematography. I love the shadows. You see the lights blending onto his face. And then it just cuts to that synth soundtrack with the pink font credits. It's just... Oh, dude, when I started watching this film again, I hadn't seen it in, like, two years, and I was just like, yes! This is why I love this movie so much. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I gave it the 6 out of 5. Um, I've Damn. only done that with Inglorious Bastards. But I think this is one of the greatest opening Damn. scenes of all time. I, I think this is just such a genius opening. It's It's awesome. Hmm. Uh, I did not give it the six, but I did give it five percent. Uh, yeah, solid, solid beginning. Really great. Keeps the intensity up. Uh, full marks for me. Five percent. Let's move on to the ending out of five percent. Uh, I I like this ending. I think it's a great ending. Um, you got. I definitely shed tears the first time I saw it not this time around since I saw it pretty recently so uh, it it the, the, the film was still very fresh in my mind I, I had already pretty much I knew all the major plot points but the ending still hit pretty hard um, I I don't know there, there's really nothing wrong with the ending at all but I, I also just just feel like the relationship between Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan I just, I feel like it needed, like, one more scene for me to really ball my eyes out when he's driving away. Uh, and then she knocks nah. on his door. And she doesn't Bro, respond. I love I, it just doesn't don't, quite... I love that they don't see each other ever again after that elevator scene. Yeah, no, I, I think that it totally should end with them not seeing each other. I just, for for me, the ending doesn't hit as hard as it quite should, like... Uh, if for this type of film, you know they they have him never. He's never gonna see her again. He's living his whole life, and he calls he her. Have and he dreams. says, "I'm going somewhere, and I don't think I'm gonna be coming back." Yeah, and he tells I her just that. to 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 me the the relationship it was like just on the cusp of have of being you know, uh, imp- impactful enough to make me cry on repeat every time I see this film. But this time I was like. I didn't cry. It was. It just didn't quite hit me in the in the heart, uh, as much as I wanted it to. And I, it might suffer from a little bit of a short runtime. I honestly wouldn't argue if this film was a little bit longer to have more scenes between Ryan Gosling and Carey Mulligan. Uh, but I still think that this is a great ending. I like that Albert Brooks dies. I like that none of the criminals get out of it. Um, and the ending shot is very beautiful. Uh, yeah. I, I like the... I think this is the perfect level of ambiguous for me. I like it. I love the shot where it goes up. You see his bloody stomach and you just sit there and watch him as he stares for like a whole minute. And you totally think he's dead. And then the music comes on and he blinks. And he drives off into the night. And yes, he's mm-hmm. probably going to die. But there's hope, and it's it's beautiful. I don't and think he dies. I don't think he dies. Bro, he's probably gonna die. He's bleeding out. He's probably gonna die. But I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're in Los Angeles and you ha- if you're conscious enough to drive a car, you're conscious enough to get medical attention. He's not gonna get medical attention though, because then he'll get in trouble. Ah, so he's committing suicide in a way. Yeah. But like, yeah, fair. I don't know. It's like so ambiguous to me, but so it's just, I love this ending. 
I love that he just leaves the money there with the dead uh, Albert Brooks laying there. Um, I love that final sequence of them in the uh, ch Chinese restaurant, cutting in between their conversation in the Chinese restaurant and them killing each other. It's yeah. beautifully edited. The soundtrack is amazing. And, uh, yeah, dude, I, I cried. I mean... I, I'd never cried while watching this film, and I'd seen it three times before, but for some reason it just, it hit me so hard this time. I don't know why. I, I just, upon this watch, I felt just this new level of emotional response from this film that I'd never felt before. Um, yeah, 5 out of 5 for the ending for me. Uh, full marks. I gave it the 4%. It's a high 4. I just... It, it for some reason man it just didn't it didn't hit me in the feels like i thought it was gonna uh it, it's four percent high four let's move on to screenplay slash dialogue out of eight percent uh this is a this is a very solid screenplay to me um structured very well i like that they kind of use the pawn shop robbery to switch up the vibe you know at first you don't have anything majorly going wrong boom pretty much exactly halfway through the film now shit has hit the fan uh and we get this intense intricate crime thriller for the rest of the film uh really the only thing that's that's holding this back for me is the dialogue between ryan gosling and carrie mulligan which i also think is why the ending doesn't hit as hard for me and it's this one scene in particular that that kind of I think is not written the best is there. It's when uh, Oscar Isaac gets home. Uh, I think I wrote it. I think I wrote it in my notes exactly what the uh, dialogue is. But they're there. You know, he's sitting outside his apartment. Um, to the to the loud music from Oscar Isaac's coming home party. And then Irene comes out. They say hey to, hi to each other. And then Irene's like, sorry about the noise. And then and he drives says, I the, was going to call the cops. He says, I was going to call the cops. Would. Complete silence. I wish you would. And then... I didn't think that was that funny, but that's fine. But it's then, not meant to be funny, dude. It's meant to make you cry. It's such an amazing line, dude. That, that freaking gives me That's chills. meant to be not funny? No, that's not meant to be funny. That's him saying, oh, he's trying to be funny, saying I, I was going to call the cops. But when she looks at him and says, I wish you would, that's her just in pain, dude. She's like, she's she's out of it. I thought that was her trying to be funny back. No, that's like. I think that. Uh, really? Yeah. I thought that I mean, was her trying to be funny back. I mean. See that—that's where you can go wrong with the deadpan dialogue, I guess, because I did not get that out of that, uh, at all. And I don't know. It's like I get that you're trying to make Ryan Gosling awkward guy, but to me, it just—it's—it just makes their relationship a tiny bit below where I want it to be in terms of me caring about it. Uh, because really, what's developed amazingly is his relationship with her son Benicio. Uh, and then that just kind of carries over into why he cares about her. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this is not really a romance at all, even though it's, you know, portrayed as it, as it, as one for the first, like, 40 minutes. You know, they're, they're having happy, out t fun times. Because, you, you know, you have no exposition for his character uh, or hers, really. You know, you don't know that much about her other than, uh, what her current situation is so you know you don't have that romance aspect of it uh which i think is another reason why the you know the ending isn't quite as good but the dialogue for me is at its peak when you have albert brooks ron perlman involved because i mean they're just you know i look at those guys and i i think of the good scorsese days you know these are great gangsters you could cast uh, and they totally nailed the dialogue that was written for them uh, so overall, solid screenplay, solid dialogue. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really like the dialogue that's used in this film. I think there's some really great lines uh, through 
Albert Brooks character, but also, yeah, I like the scenes between him, the driver, um, and uh, Irene's son. I like their conversation about the sharks on the TV. There's a lot of just, like, very yeah. metaphorical dialogue in this film. I mean, it, it, yes, it is an art house film. Some people aren't going to like that, but I like the metaphors in the dialogue. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a really great screenplay. I think that there are definitely elements that aren't amazing, but I think that the biggest thing about this screenplay that really stands out to me that's different is the fact that they spend so much time actually developing the relationship. And yeah, okay, maybe it's not the strongest relationship in your opinion, but they do spend a lot of time. They spend like 40 minutes on it, which is much longer than you would think an hour and a half film would do. That's supposed to be an action yeah. film. Literally after the first chase sequence, the rest of the film until the... Uh, pawn shop robbery is all about developing the relationship between the driver carrie mulligan and uh benicio and that's like you know a solid 53 minutes uh into the movie where we get the pawn shop robbery so i mean they spend time and some people may say that's slow a lot of people have said you know it's too slow we gotta get to it but i love that and i think there is an element that that's so well done that when the actual violence starts to occur when she gets her head blown off with a shotgun it's so shocking and it's so disturbing uh i remember the first time i watched that scene i was like watching on my computer at my school and was like what the heck just happened <laughs> i i remember going into this film and watching like the first hour and being like why is this rated r this is a very chill film and then slow motion head getting ripped off with a shotgun and i was like what is happening there's only 40 minutes left of the film um but yeah i think it's a really great screenplay it's simple but it gets the job done and i think there's some great dialogue uh, i gave it seven out of eight i gave it the six percent out of eight very solid screenplay let's move in to soundtrack out of seven percent this is this is one of our first, uh, I guess, original, like, soundtracks, but created by an artist, if that makes sense, I guess. Like, they got a band, or I guess a guy, Cliff Martinez, to do the soundtrack, but he also makes music. Uh, and aside from two hits, you know, this is... All these songs are original, and they're all very, uh, they're very fitting to the tone of the two, you know, main theme songs, uh, which is like uh, the real a real hero, which I think they play t twice, which yeah, is a twice. great song, love that song. And night call, classic night call. Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. oh my love, uh, which is played during the whole Nino killing sequence. Uh, yeah. I, I mean. I don't know. The soundtrack in this film is just... It's awesome. It's like good time uncut gem vibes, you know? It's very electronic synth, uh, yeah. 80s pop it, it totally reminds me of good time. Well, I guess yeah. good time reminds me of this. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, it's great. I wouldn't... Per you know, personally, synth pop, not my genre... I wouldn't listen to it, but I think it totally fits the sort of feminine edge-ish. If you, I, I, I can't even really call it that, but the more laid-back action aesthetic of this film uh, fits it great, great beats, and it really just matches those nighttime shots of the very colorful Los Angeles skyline. Ryan Gosling driving through uh, fits perfectly, so yeah. Yeah, this is, like, one of my favorite soundtracks. Um, we're talking about the Baby Driver soundtrack, but I've listened to the soundtrack way more times than the Baby Driver soundtrack. It's, like, it's the kind of soundtrack that I just, I, I want to blast in my car as I'm driving, like, at night. Like, um, it's just one of, those, one of those vibes, you know? And the theme song, A Real Hero, it's, like, every time I hear it, it's, like hits me emotionally. I mean, a lot of these songs, yes, I wouldn't listen. I agree with you. I wouldn't listen to synth pop just like on a daily basis it's not my favorite genre by any means but uh these these songs 
just remind me of Drive, and therefore I love listening to them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So seven out of seven. I gave it six percent. What you know? What you know? What Baby Driver has on it though? You know that one scene in Baby Driver where he does like the cassette remix of Was He Slow? That <laughs> yeah. that's some funny stuff right there. That's good. Um, <laughs> was Was He Slow? You know, because they're like, oh, he's got all these tapes. He's taping our. You know, he's 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 recording our conversations, and then it's just like, nah, yeah. he's making a remix out of you. <laughs> Uh, um, all okay, right. production, production design, design, costumes and set. Um, uh, got some really the, great colors. Yeah, yeah. And I think the costumes, like we were mentioning earlier with his scorpion jacket, that he... Uh, it's, a, it's a great costume. I think Carrie Mulligan has good costumes. Costumes are solid all around. Uh, this is a lower-budget film, so they had to shoot on location a lot. Uh, and I think that... It, the apartments very solid i actually really like the wallpaper a very cinematic wallpaper in those apartments um and really overall the set decoration especially in the garage is good uh nothing about this production design is crazy to me uh but i think that overall they they pretty they nailed what they needed to do um and all the sets are well decorated the costumes are solid it's very impressive production design for a smaller budget film with big names that you know they had mm-hmm. to spend a lot of money on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the colors in this film, like the garage and all of that stuff. You got some really cool tone. Um, the I mean, I, the costumes are awesome. I like the just like the added idea of having the driver always like chewing on a toothpick like there's just something that adds so much to his character with that um dude i went through a phase in grade eight where i would chew on toothpicks because of this movie really yeah damn should i start wearing a red pom-pom beanie and a speedo for life aquatic get a definitely you know what you know what is actually crazy they released limited edition Adidas Stan Smiths with the Z. You know how they all have the Zso shoes. Adidas yeah. literally released a shoe like the Zso shoe, <laughs> and they sell for so much, like it's crazy. It's like five hundred bucks, but I so See, mine's badly cheaper. want a pair. It's just toothpick. I just need a toothpick. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm gonna chew on it. I still do that sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me feel cool. It makes me feel like yeah. I'm a getaway driver. Uh, uh, just yeah. in the I, Mazda I the CX3 design... toothpick in yeah. <laughs> synth pop blasting. Here we go. Oh yeah, dude, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna just like go <laughs> for a night drive, blasting the drive soundtrack with the toothpick Ooh. in my mouth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the production design is very solid. It's well developed. I love like the practical lighting that's used in the interior scenes, and mm-hmm. yeah, five out of six. Uh, nothing to really bring it down, but nothing to give it that full marks. Yeah. Uh, location selection out of six. Uh, I think that location selection, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful locations. Um, beautiful, beautiful, I think beautiful. That I've been noticing, part- besides like Atonement, um, indie films seem to be doing a little better with location selection than our big budget films um yeah and i think for sure the main reason for that is that they don't have the money to do big productions so they have to rely on really awesome locations um yeah i do the los angeles night sky in this film it's just so good yeah. you get so much bokeh so much bokeh um there yeah. yeah the chinese the- restaurant the garage his hotel the uh, beach basically all of the streets the beach oh the beach man. i, I the think the beach the streets the in general they didn't have to do too much because it's, it's just you go to nighttime you have lights everywhere it's los angeles one in particular maybe somewhat as a reference to greece maybe the la river uh yeah, yeah. where they they take their little afternoon yeah, spin. and that little lake, that the little pond that they're hanging out at. Yeah, solid location. Uh, also, I think it's funny, probably on purpose, is that's the scene of the car race in the musical Grease. Yeah. Uh, 
So, a little callback there. And overall, I just think the locations are pretty, pretty amazing throughout this whole film. Uh, I just... I, I'm so conflicted on this one because I, I don't know if I can give it the full marks. Like, I... Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, on the Why? cusp for me. Bro, uh, it's full marks for they, me. It's, like sick sick locations are all awesome beautiful yeah i just th- I, don't I, I don't know if there's enough variety like enough enough different locations even Dude, that beach that beach in itself puts it top locations for me the what the beach where they yeah but like even like a movie like fear and loathing they have a beach scene almost the exact same they drive a car onto the beach big waves nighttime i don't know uh, I'll give it the six. Uh, you make a convincing argument. Um, there we go. I, I think it's, yeah, it's very, very solid location selection. Not, not one location in particular, I don't think is like the most beautiful particularly. I think that the cinematography style of this film really lends itself to a city with a lot of light at night because it allows for that colorful bokeh to make, you know, any street look like that. Uh, but you got to give credit to them. Indie films do be out here being beautiful. So, yeah, yes. 6%. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we will hop into the final half of the review. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're back. back uh, hopping on cinematography out of ten. Um, I think the cinematography in this film is very beautiful. It yeah. really uses lighting as a very key aspect to this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just that elevator scene, dude. When it goes slow motion, he pulls her aside and kisses her. The lights go into that golden California lighting that you see. Uh, in that car sequence and all the sequences with him and Irene and then it just goes back to reality and he bashes that guy's head in. I mean, there's just so many aspects of lighting in this film that's just beautiful and very... uh, has a lot of symbolism involved with it. uh, A lot of shadows and just, you know, you know I love that bokeh. Lots of really nice, colorful, colorful bokeh. Nice bokeh. Uh, It's... Yeah, it's got that nighttime city aesthetic i do you know i'm i i try not to give too many points for drone shots because it's very easy to get a drone shot and they always look sick but i mean these drone shots are sick uh as expected i think the car chases are filmed amazingly uh it's very tight on the cars uh really i mean the lighting in this film as you were saying is amazing especially the blocking and i know we talked about the blocking from that audience question but that one shot after he's killed both the people in the hotel and he like the the just the 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 way he leans around in the bathroom to get the light to perfectly you know hit different parts of his face uh great shot uh yeah i mean it, it it honestly it's it's beautiful throughout there's very memorable shots throughout uh i love the look of this film it's it's got a great aesthetic beautiful also has some great dolly shots Mm -hmm. uh you know like tracking them in that wide dolly shots and dude that shot i will never get over that shot of him looking into that pizzeria with that song playing in the background that shot just gives me chills every time i see it I guess that um, is the one thing, though, if I could ask anything more of the cinematography, maybe more tracking shots, I guess. I mean, like, maybe film a yeah. car chase without as many cuts, maybe? I, I don't even know. Like, there's not much you can ask uh, from this film. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's really well done, especially for the budget that they had being able to do some really awesome sequences uh yeah not quite full marks for me but nine out of ten solid nine out of ten for me for cinematography yeah i gave it the nine as well uh it 
it, it, it honestly, it's just not quite, I guess, creatively motived, maybe, to get the full, full marks. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's just not quite the 10. Editing, though, out of 8%, very, very good editing in this film. Uh, there's some great parallel editing, like in the last scene. Uh, the sound design is great. Um, yeah. I mean, really, the fast-paced nature of this film works because at the end of the day, it is a crime action thriller. Uh, you know, there's a few fan- fade transitions, but they're, they're not the worst. Uh, they're also long, like yeah. I was saying before. You gotta use the long... Don't do quick fade transitions. And the, the transitions in this film are very long. They like Very long. You see his face And if that excuses money. it. Uh, maybe one too many, but you know, I, I, I'm not that mad at them. In fact, I'm not really mad at them at all. I think me hating fade transitions is over exaggerated on for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, overall editing, extremely, extremely solid. I love the fast-paced nature of it. You can they just cut. They didn't try to, you know, make also, this too long. Also, the sound editing, dude. Yeah. The sound I mean, it editing. got an Oscar. It's only Oscar nom. got an Oscar nomination. And lost to Hugo. Like, I love for Hugo. sound mixing? But, but how did it lose to Hugo for sound well, mixing, Well, I mean, Hugo has a lot more going on, I guess, with all the train stuff in terms of mixing. I mean, yeah. I guess that's true. Like I don't it, know, dude. The sounds in this film, though, are just... That, that was back when they had <laughs> sound mixing and sound editing. And yeah. I guess sound mixing is such a weird category for film. It, it's just... It's weird, because it's sound mixing is not very creatively driven. Sound mixing is all about getting the levels of everything to sound cohesive. I don't know how you yeah. get an Oscar for that. Uh, I like what they've done now. Just I mean, it's it hard work. Sound. It is hard work. I just give it yeah. up at the Academy Award for Science, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't think you should have the same award if you are Joaquin Phoenix or a sound engineer. But I like what they did now at the best sound. Uh, but yeah, I, I this movie's better than Hugo for sure. Yeah, um... Yeah. What'd you give it? 7% out of 8. Uh, I really love the editing in this film. Sound mixing is great, obviously. Love the fast-paced style of it. And I think action movies in general um, are going to benefit in this category. Like, the first scene in particular, the beginning, to me, is edited freaking masterfully. Yeah, same Give it 7 out of 8. Uh, it's very high 7 for me, but 7 out of 8. Uh, just really fast-paced. Keeping it, you know, an hour and 35 minutes is a hard thing to do. Uh, and the sound is awesome. Yeah. But let's move into acting out of 10. Um, See, I I'm, absolutely yeah. love the cast and the performances in this film. Uh, and I guess in particular, I love Albert Brooks. I don't know. Albert Brooks is so iconic. Um, and I think he just has such a great deadpan delivery in this film. Uh, at, yeah. at first, you're introduced this to isn't, him. This is like such a weird role for him, too. Yeah. Like, Cause it's it, not a role you would expect him to be. Yeah, playing. it's funny because in Taxi Driver, which is so dark, he's like the one not dark character. He's like the only yeah, and he's he's known for like rom coms and The Simpsons and as yeah. I was saying, he plays uh, I forget the name of the character Martin Nemo's Nemo. dad and Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like he always plays like the sweet grandpa or dad, um, and now he's playing you know this ruthless murderer, ruthless and Jew. He does it beautifully. Yeah, great performance. Uh, I mean, it's weird because Carrie Mulligan and Ryan Gosling, they they don't have any, uh, I guess, d- extremely dramatic moments. I mean, Ryan Gosling has some very intense moments, uh, but they don't have that Oscar bait 
you know, dramatic monologue, big breakdown or anything. It's very subtle, uh, but it's yeah. still great, great performances out of these two, uh, the two leads, it's I guess. It's all in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's also the fact that you have a character who is very shy, very lonely, who doesn't speak much, and yet you get an emotional connection with him mm-hmm. without the overuse of dialogue. Yeah. Um, this film's kind of a masterclass in visual storytelling because it's not using dialogue or narration or anything for that matter to really tell you about the story, to tell you anything. Uh, you have to use your eyes, and this is a very visual movie. You have to read the characters' expressions um, to really grasp who they are and grasp where the story's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that comes from some really great performances. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Benicio, kid actor? I actually uh, don't mind him. Obviously, yeah. he's not amazing. He's a child actor, but I think he's good. very adorable. He's very sweet. His he doesn't dialogue, have a lot to do, which is good. Is, whenever he's like, like that that part where he's on the phone, eh, it's child acting shades coming through. But like the shark stuff, I think that's pretty goddamn yeah. good acting for a kid. Uh, it feels natural. It feels like they kind of just set up the camera and let him and Ryan Gosling talk for a bit, and then it just. It all, yeah, it feels natural. It doesn't feel forced. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty good performance for a child actor. Yeah. I gave acting overall, I gave it the I gave it a 9%. High 9, but to me, not any one of the performances was, like, outstanding enough for me to give it the 10%, but it is extremely solid performances all across the board. Uh, just not really one to me stood out as being like an incredible, memorable performance, I guess. Uh, 9% though, very, very good acting in this film. Yeah, I agree. I also gave it the 9%. Just, you don't have that, that thing to bring it over the top. Yeah. But yeah. It's like, uh, I'm not mad at it for not having a super dramatic performance, but, but sometimes yeah. that's what you need. Sometimes... I, I don't think this film needs it, but to get the ten percent, you know, you gotta gotta have a a heartfelt breakdown or something, you know? Yeah. Uh alright, let's move into entertainment value out of ten percent. Entertainment value. Uh once again, people say this movie is slow. I say What? This this feels like away. the opposite of slow. This, Dude, this, this film read is fast audience reviews. Based. No, everyone says nothing happens in this movie, which is, I mean, it's true. Nothing happens for the first hour. But, like, who well, cares? I, I think mean, that, I, think that I don't care. It, it's so fast-paced that Ryan Gosling basically falls in love with Carrie Mulligan and sacrifices the rest of his life for her in, like, a week. Yeah, well, no, we're assuming I mean, that through the montage, it's probably been, you know, a few months. But um, the mo- like the montage where they're driving on the river and then he takes yeah, her. no no later they have montages of them driving at night like every night together so it's like this oh uh, yeah long, yeah 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 but um yeah I mean they do spend as I said fifty three minutes on that relationship before any actual action happens mm-hmm. but when the action happens you know you have crazy violence that is happening all the time in like every other scene. You got like the elevator scene, the shotgun. You got uh, Bernie stabbing Cook in the pizzeria. Yeah. I mean, there's some brutal, brutal, brutal killings in this film, um, and I think that makes up for it. And honestly, this film's just I I love every aspect of this film. Uh, I've watched it four times, and I think this was my favorite viewing of it of all the times I've seen it. And this was my fourth time watching it. Damn. And I was enough. just so riveted. Uh, even more so than I, I usually am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I gave it a 9% out of 10. I think that this is a very fast-paced movie. The crime stuff is enthralling, and it's just beautiful for the first 40 minutes. There's something to enjoy out of every scene. Even if, you know, I, I had really recently, like, this, this is my second time watching it in four months, I guess. Uh, so I, I basically, like, I could pretty much have told you exactly scene for scene what was going to happen, so I could just really look at the cinematography and stuff this viewing, and it was still, you know, an entertaining hour and a half. 
9% for sure. Yeah, uh, also a 9, very high. I was debating the 10, but I was like, it's not not quite there yet. We're not quite there, able mm-hmm. to give a movie a 10. Um, but yeah, it's a very high 9 for me. It, once again, it's my third favorite film of all time. I've seen it four times. I can see myself rewatching this film many, many more times. Uh, so would La La Land be a 10 for you? Would La La Land be a 10? Oh, yeah. It would probably be like an 11, bro. I've seen it like 12 times. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know what film I've seen more times than anything else. It's probably something How stupid. many times have you seen The Life Aquatic? Only like five times or six times. Maybe like... You, you get The Life Aquatic a 10. I remember that. Yeah. Well, I do love yeah. The Life Aquatic. I've seen it six times. But the thing is, the first time I saw The Life Aquatic was only like two years ago. It was in like the end of grade nine, maybe. Uh, so I've seen it, yeah, multiple times since then. Yeah. I've definitely seen The Big Lebowski more than The Life Aquatic. I could quote most of The Big Lebowski. <laughs> I've seen that one a lot. Uh, okay. okay, overall, overall technical, technical achievement. achievement. Yeah. This was an easy one for me. I mean, yeah. looking at my scores, easy looking 14. at the quality of this film. Easy 14. Not much else to say, except the technical achievement is very solid in this film, and it's just of a higher grade than the 13s we've been giving. Yeah, for uh, sure. Easy 14. Uh, almost full marks on cinematography, almost full marks on editing, Oscar nom for sound mixing. This is easy yep. 14%, technically. Uh, yeah, let's tally up our reviews, spin the wheel for next week, go to our 29th film. Okay, and we are back at it. Yep. We have tallied up our scores. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Drive averages out to. All right. I gave Drive an 89% overall. Very, very solid film. One of my favorites. Uh, definitely on my list. Uh, everybody should check this one out. It's a very good film. Short. Doesn't waste your time. Uh, it's on Prime Video. Yeah, it's very solid. All of uh, there's no one aspect that's bad at all to this film. Uh, and if you're into Ryan Gosling, you want to dig into his catalog, check this one out for sure. I would highly suggest to dig into Ryan Gosling's catalog for anyone out there because I've seen most of his films and man has done some excellent films. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Drive is my favorite movie we have done so far on the podcast. So I think it's fitting. That is my highest score so far for the podcast. I give Drive a 93%. My first highest. That's my highest. uh, Surpassing Children Men by 0.5%. Yeah. Uh, And that averages out. That averages out out to a 91, right? Yeah, 91. Which actually puts it at the number two spot. Of every film we've right, done so far. Right above Eternal below Sunshine. Children of Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because I think Children of Men is the highest score I've given so far. Uh, yeah, you gave though, Children of Men 93. Yeah, well, to be fair, the only thing that separated us was acting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you gave the point five for technical. Uh, yeah, Drive, great film. One of Lucas's favorites. Up there for me. Uh, I think it's the fourth, my fourth favorite film I've we've looked at so far. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fourth highest. Yeah, no. well, uh, no, yeah, no, ninety one. So. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Drive is in second place for our rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. Only now our point... top ten is looking extra solid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you that know when means Parasite top ten has been dropped out of the top ten, uh, sadly, mm-hmm. uh, and The Shape of Water is on the brink of falling off. But yeah, yeah you know what? Let's spin the wheel. Let's see what we get for yeah. next week. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I have no preferences this week. I just, I just, 
want to see what we land on see what happens yeah i'm down for whatever as well i'm open let's see okay new screen recording let's turn up the volume and we are spinning in three two one Oh shoot, my my earphones are on. Hold up. We need Hold volume. Up. Technical difficulties. After we need we volume. Spin, after we spin the wheel this week, Ladybird will be going on the list. Uh, in the Ooh, meantime. Ladybird. Classic. A24 classic. Nice comedy. We need some comedies on the wheel. Yeah, it's it's, it's a nice film. I like Ladybird. It's short. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, and we are now spinning in three, two, one. Here we go. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um we have landed on Bottle Rocket. <gasps> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh yes. You know how long I've been trying to convince Lucas to watch Bottle Rocket? Too long. Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket? has a goddamn special place in my heart. It's like probably one of my favorite indie films of all time. It's my sixth favorite movie of all time. Uh yeah, I mean this is this is this is early Wes Anderson. I think this is going to be very hit or miss with Lucas. Uh I I I don't know. There's something about the charm of the characters in this film just makes special place in my heart it's not the most technically impressive at all it's you know it's it's any time early in a director's career you know they haven't figured out their style yet uh but i i love bottle rocket i don't even this this i don't think i can score it that high man like this this film isn't built to be ranked on its uh like technical aspects yeah i'm really excited to rewatch this Excited to review it, and that'll be our 29th film. 29th film. Cool. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening to Drive, and we'll see you next Monday with Bottle Rocket. Yep. See ya. Thank you for listening to Slightly Qualified Film Students. Make sure to tune in next week for a new film discussion and review. Our theme song is Slightly Sexy by Thompson Springs. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a like. Send us feedback and comments as well as your thoughts on the film. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at S underscore Q underscore F underscore S. If you would like to send us a question or a comment for next week's episode, you can email us at sqfilmstudents at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.